Well, welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody. We have uh, Dr. Nikki Werner with us today. Very honored to meet you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, where you're practicing, and a little bit about your practice. Yeah, so I'm a relatively new faculty at Denver Health Medical Center. Um, I've been here about two and a half years. It's it's a great position. We do a lot of trauma. I do a little bit of elective and just having a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, Dr. Warner, uh, a little bit about you and, and your CWIS connection. You're running our Journal Club series. So tell us about that. Yeah. Our Journal Club is, well, I think awesome. It's, uh, you know, it's international. It's once a month. Uh, we rotate the times to try to keep it a little more friendly for people in different time zones, no matter where you are across the globe. And we're trying to pick good articles that stimulate some discussion. I think a lot of us try to keep up on this literature. So this is just a great forum to hear from the authors directly. I think that's one of the really cool things about this journal club is we try to ask one of the primary authors to give us a short little presentation. And a lot of times we get some really cool insights about what they were thinking or why they formed the study the way they did. Then we just discuss it, it and it's free. So it's just, I think it's a great opportunity. And if people had a like a paper that they really wanted to be discussed, I would love for someone to be like, hey, this would be awesome. Because right now it's really just Sarah Ann and I being like, this sounds cool. This looks like something great. Let's see if people would find this interesting. And so I'm just trying to keep it a little fresh there, uh, rotating between different pain or reconstruction. And we'll see. We'll see what the year takes us. So if people did, if they're listening and they did want to, you know, host a journal club as a guest host, they should just contact you or Sarah Ann. Is that right? Totally. Um, I was looking Likewise. at your bio as I was preparing for our interview today. And I noticed there was a time gap between um, when you did your master's in biomedical engineering. Am I getting that right? That is correct. Engineering. Okay. And when you went to medical school. And it looked like there was about a four-year window in there. And I was curious, one, what you were up to, and not to be too personal, but you know, <laughs> what kinds of cool things were, were you doing or learning? And, and then what was the decision-making process like you know, to decide that you wanted to go to medical school or did you already know and you were just taking a pause? I, I think, you know, so many people just kind of push straight through education. And, and so I thought that was a unique, a unique thing to see on, on your biography. Oh, you're totally right. So I was never going to go into medicine. I'm like a huge nerd. Like I love math and science and I was like an engineered and I loved it. And I got recruited out of college uh, by Medtronic to be one of their design engineers. And I had a great job and I was doing all kinds of things. I did some of their manufacturing. I did a lot of design. I worked with the customers. I worked on some of their recalls. And so I, I even yeah spent oh, a lot of time on calls with the FDA. So I've done a lot of different things within engineering. And I really did that because I thought I was going to design a product and really help change the world. Like, oh, I'm going to apply my brain. And I'm going to make this difference. But what I realized as I was doing this is I was always one step removed from patients. And I didn't realize that it really bothered me. And then one day we had this surgeon come to Medtronic and he gave us this talk on how he was collaborating with us and here was a patient and here's what they came up with and here was the like the result and it was just it was like in the godfather that like that lightning bolt moment and you're like oh my god that's what I'm gonna do and so I came, went home that night and I called my mother and I was like mom I'm going to medical school and she's like what <laughs> and she's like okay you can do whatever you want and so 
it kind of set me on the course there. I was fortunate in the fact that I was a biomedical engineer and I actually had all of my prerequisites. And so it was just a matter of taking, I think, the MCAT and getting back into the system. And it's very interesting because, you know, I worked with cardiologists a lot and I thought, oh, I am going to be a cardiologist. And so I really had kind of a winding path as I went through. But yeah, you're totally right. It's a gap. You know, if you talk to me, we'll we'll just not say how long of time ago it was. But if you were talking to me a long time ago, I was never going to be a doctor. So (laughs) I do have a fondness in my heart for all things like engineering and science and yeah, that collaboration that exists. So but that's why you fix ribs. I do enjoy right. that. Yes, that's a part, lot. It's that's very, part. it appeals to that side. I have to tell you, when I was reading it also, um, you and me are very much alike. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer also. I'm four years before you. Uh, I was in okay. medical school when you were in college for those four years. Um, I had a very similar experience. I was working in a cardiac um, unit um, during an internship for a summer. Same situation. I was like, this is really cool. I'm working with, actually, it was crazy. I worked with Dr. Oz. He's a, he was the second, That's awesome. he was a second <laughs> command of, uh, um, at, uh, at Columbia University at, at Presbyterian in cardiothoracic surgery. Uh, Dr. Rose, I think, is, was, the, was the chief, and he was number two. And uh, we were working on an assist device. And uh, I felt the same way. Couldn't, I can't take it. I'm stuck in the, with these computers and this model and not with the patient. And, and that's where everything more sense. Yeah. So it's, it's very cool how you, your story just like really rang true. But that's that's the best part about CWIS. We work with we work with industry and we get forward with it. And so and we can actually make a big difference and you can present to them your thoughts on how crappy their devices are. Do you ever look back and think, well, maybe this is just me. When I was an engineer, I thought I really understood medicine. I was like, oh, I get it. It's not that hard. And like, I was like, I can make these products like I get it. And then I did the whole medicine training, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I had no clue. You know what I mean? And then you listen to traditionally trained doctors, and they're like, oh, I get the engineering. That's not that hard. And it's there's just this, like, bridge that it's a really cool viewpoint because you can kind of look over the top and see both sides with different, like, sides of your brain. And it, it's just Completely. Fun. Major disconnect between the two, the, the two fields. Um, that's why there's so many bells and whistles on all our devices that we don't need. And you just keep putting yes. all this extra stuff on it. It's just like, what's the purpose of that? I, I, that data point doesn't matter for me at all. Very cool. Yeah. But you also took a little time off That's in between cool. residency and fellowship. I did not. I did my training a little differently. So I went to the University of oh, Michigan yeah. for my general surgery training. And I went into the ECMO lab with Bob Bartlett. Again, probably because of the engineering. You know, Bob Bartlett, for those who don't know, is like basically the godfather of ECMO. And he's like one of those guys who's like, I have a cool idea. Let's try this. Let's just see if it works. And so it was a lab where you could really just put your brain and be like, let's see if it works. Um, one of the things he charged me with is trying to keep a human arm perfused on basically a ECMO circuit. And so that was a fun project and probably a story for a different time. But I did that research. And then on the second year of my research, he's like, you would really benefit from a critical care year. And so I did it because I'd had three clinical years and I did my critical care training there in the middle and then finished residency. And then right afterwards, I came out to Denver for my second year of trauma training okay. and trained under, you know, Gene Moore, Clay Berlue, Fred Paracci. So, so what it was, was better, Michigan or Denver? Oh, different, different, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan has better football though, oh. for sure. <laughs> well, we're super excited about all the work you're doing with the Journal Club. I, I think it's just growing and expanding in amazing ways and, and we really appreciate it. I think it's a terrific resource 
um, for our members and, and really for everyone. Anyone can log in if you're not a member. People just have to register and then uh, you can participate and, you know, people get down and start tussling over over the articles and I, I think it's awesome. So anybody that is listening to our podcast and hasn't joined, keep an eye on the newsletters and, and on the Twitter feed and you'll see more of them posted and it's, uh, it's a great opportunity. I guess one other question I have because you also, you're, um, we've been told you're very into pain management and multimodal pain therapy. I like it a lot also. I think it's a very important part of what we do. Are you doing any studies co- coming up that we should know about or any, any, any thoughts on where we should go further in that? I have a couple smaller things kind of going on right now. Right now I'm trying to do some perspective studies on how much opioids patients are actually taking after we discharge them. Come from Denver Health and a Safety Net Hospital. Uh, participation is challenging because they always think that we are the bill collectors. That will be coming out. I think I'll have some data together probably by early summer. Very cool. Well, we've interviewed Ellie and Kelly on our podcast before from the Denver research team, and and they're a dynamic duo. So that's a a good fit. They are, yes, they're awesome. They're fantastic. Well, Dr. Warner, thanks so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. It uh, It was a pleasure to meet you. Sarah, let's move on and do some updates. Sounds good. Um, As far as main updates, we have um, case review on Wednesday this week, and it's at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. So if you haven't already registered, this is your reminder, and um, be sure to log into that. We have three great cases, and then, then, let's see, two weeks after that, will be our um, journal club that that Dr. Werner and Dr. Suzanne Van Vyck will be leading about an article that they um, recently published um, from Rotterdam. So we're excited to to have that um, on the on the docket coming up. So watch for both of those items in the newsletter. Um, as far as other things, you know, looming ahead, we are 68 days as of um, recording until the summit. So nobody's counting except for those of you that made a paper chain and you're tearing it off every day. And I know you are, Dr. Crisco. So be certain that um, you have your hotel booked. The transportation, we've got um, a cool opportunity with a local company that will be focusing just specifically on our group. They have um, a group price that will be $125 from um, the airport to the hotel and they can take up to six participants. So um, if you want to go alone, you don't want to wait for anybody and you just want to pay the $125, I assure you an, an Uber or a Lyft will cost you a lot more than that. But at least there is that option and we can make those arrangements for you. Or if there are a couple people coming in within a similar time frame, or even from within your practice, um, we can help arrange that for you. So there will be a new form that I'm hoping is going live. Um, I think it will process in the next hour or two, and then it should be live by the time this podcast hits. And then you can just submit that uh, online, and McKenna will be matching people up so that nobody has to wait more than about 30 minutes. So if you indicate that you are interested in Shared Ride, we'll connect you with other people. Again, you shouldn't have um, more than six people in the car, but then your ride cost is, you know, 20 bucks to, to get to Park City and back. So that's pretty awesome. But let's do a final stitch. Uh, so um, weather has uh, changed a bit. We had 60 degree weather two days ago. And then um, last two nights ago, we had, um, yeah, two nights ago, we had snow. Now we've got 10 inches of snow in Kansas City. 
So if you ever don't like the weather, just wait about an hour or two and things change dramatically. Now no one knows how to drive and the entire entire city is, you know, down to a standstill. Um, which, and, but then the good part is, is um, on Sunday, it'll be 60 degrees again. So all the snow will go away. It's uh, an amazing thing about living in Kansas City. So everyone should move over here. What's on my mind this week is, uh, is Tom White, you know, and uh, he, he lost his younger sister. And, you know, I was just feeling for him last night and uh, just, just wanted to say I love you and I feel for you. And we're all, uh, we're all here for you. Really sorry and my condolences to the White family. Indeed. From the Seawis family to their family. This is horrible to say, but I'm post-call and I don't have a lot on my brain except for like... Hey, we get it. When's my next big meal and when's a good bed? <laughs> I just, you know, you know, being, you know, your share and more serious and more real makes me think for better, for worse of a Ferris Bueller's quote, which says, you know, life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop and look around, you could miss it. And I think that's just listening to you. That's what came to my mind is uh, life is always changing and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and celebrate the goods and mourn the sad and know that life just keeps moving. That is so true. Well, I think we can say thank you very much again, Dr. Werner. Thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Get a good good night's sleep or get a good day's sleep and uh, we'll get the can't wait to see you in uh, in April. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see everyone. Meet people in real life. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.